At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This show is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio presents The Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, a place where the Elder Scrolls community can come together to discuss the boundaries of our knowledge about the universe of the Elder Scrolls. Welcome back, everybody. I was going to call you Wastelanders, but I'm like, that's the wrong show. I can't call you. Not right. I can call you Adventurers. Welcome back, Adventurers. This is the patron episode for January 2021. And we just had a big announcement drop for all the stuff coming this year. Uh, Gates of Oblivion, Blackwood, all sorts of fun things. And so that's what we'll be talking about today. I am your host, Tom or Robots. And I'm here as usual with my co-host, Lotus of Doom. How's it going, Lotus? Hello. I am doing well. I am definitely doing well after all of the reveals from Tuesday, because good Lord, that was like an information overload. Yeah. Yeah. We, there was uh, I mean, it was it was like a long I mean, the first <laughs> I don't even know how to parse it. The first section was like almost an hour and then they went on for like almost what two hours after that. And other stuff. Yeah, it, it was with interviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I missed so much cool stuff. Yeah, I missed not being able to do this. Last year we we were both in Vegas for this reveal, and that was a lot of fun. Um actually getting to be there and meet everybody and see them get up on stage and talk to everyone. Um it was a blast. But you know, I, I'm glad that they still did something as I mean, even a, more involved this year. It just wasn't wasn't a live setting, but uh, it was definitely fun to watch. Right. Um, but we'll be talking, we'll be digging into all that stuff. And this week we have Kung Fu Kangaroo with us. One of our patrons, Kung Fu, how's it going? Um, between the whole slew of awesome news that just came into the Elder Scrolls world and some other things in my life, I'm just doing fantastic, Tom. Well, that's good. Yeah, you've been trading Dogecoin, as we talked about in the pre-show. <laughs> And I've been uh, failing at finding places that I can buy it that I can sign up for before the show starts. So we'll get to that later uh, or I'll get to that later after the show. Who knows? Maybe I'll bring you along for the ride, audience. Anyway, um, welcome back to the show. And uh, we we might have other patrons popping in here. It seems to have been a little bit quiet in the discord talking about the show this week. So maybe other people are busy trading Dogecoin also. I don't know. But um, but I'm glad Kung Fu was able to join us. And so, guys, why don't we dig right into this? I would love to hear. I've got my own thoughts, first impressions. Lotus, I know you've been talking with some of your other co-hosts on Tales of Tamriel about yeah, for sure. the things that you guys are going to be discussing. So why don't we kick it off with Kung Fu Kangaroo? Because I think it would be very interesting to get your perspective to kind of kick us off. Just in general, how did you feel about the whole events and what are you most excited for? 
so as I may have mentioned before uh, in previous episodes, like I was primarily interested in the Elder Scrolls games that were single player. But within the past month and over the holiday break, I've been getting so into ESO. And I finally, uh, finally, finally have a character that's champion level, uh, champion level 157. Oh my God, like you're three right away now. from you're 160. Almost, I was going to say, you're already almost CP cat. I know. I've been playing a lot. <laughs> So, yeah, I've been playing a lot, a lot, thanks to my girlfriend, who I think is watching this right now. Um, but so she's like way higher level than me. She's like, you know, way beyond where I am skill level two. But I'm psyched about it because it means, of course, more content and not just more content. But it kind of like when I was watching the announcement, I was flooded with nostalgia for anyone that was around when Oblivion came out. Test four, um, I think it was 2006, right? Or yep. 2006. Yeah. yeah you, yep, you're right. When that came out for the Xbox 360, that was like a big deal. And uh I poured my heart and soul into that game. I think I, you know, back then I had like 400 hours onto the game uh, yeah, after wow. I got it. Wow. Which, you know, that was a lot. And so I think I'm just psyched to revisit a lot of the the themes that I mentioned in the chat when we were uh covering the 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 announcement and and uh all that jazz. I, I mentioned that I was psyched for the textures of the me- you know, the armors and the weapons and um, the alien, the alien ruins. Going, yeah, yeah. Getting back into some of that. They stuff. mentioned it too. Yeah. The, the Argonian slash Daedric, like Mayrun's Dagon themed uh, outfits, mm-hmm. got me like so psyched. And I've always been a gear guy. I've always loved the the weapons, the armor, things like that. Um, so I think that might be what I'm most excited for. And of course, companions is going to change everything. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That is like a strong single player, like friendly thing that I think a lot of people are really going to like. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that came out of left field. So for, for those of you who didn't yeah, see the, the big announcement, um, we got a lot of things that are pretty typical for these. They've, they're kind of set a certain pace for these kinds of announcements, right? They're like, oh, we're going to have a year of content and the year of content is going to kick off with some new dungeons. And then we're going to have the adventure that releases in June. And then we're going to have some more dungeons. And then we're going to have the end of the adventure with a DLC that shows up at the end of the year. And they kind of go through this rhythm, right? There's this pattern and you get a new zone or a new zone plus kind of an interesting area to go to. So for example, Somerset was in Somerset, but then you went to you know, these other places during that adventure. And I won't ruin it for anyone that goes beyond just Somerset. And then for, um, for example, the one that just came out, the whole dark heart of Skyrim, you you go to places in Skyrim, but then you get to visit other locations deep underground that were never visited in the original Skyrim adventure because, you know, uh, black reach is way bigger than we thought it was. So you get kind of this alternate area to go to this time. We're getting Southern Cyrodiil slash Northern Argonia, areas right so going back to like leowin who we've which is one of the cities that you visit in the ts4 tes4 uh but then of course we get to also go back to the badlands because we're going to go through these portals and have to deal with mayrun's dagon and all the stuff going on there so it's it's got some of that stuff so a lot of that was fairly expected right we talked about that on some previous episodes it seems like it's probably going to be in southern Cyrodiil looks like it's going to be these kinds of places looks like we'll be going to the Deadlands but then they come out of the left field with things like oh 
And by the way, there's a new companion system. You can have one of two companions very soon that you can take on your adventures with you and equip them and give them stats, I guess. Did, did they mention stats? Mm-hmm. That was one of the things. I believe they level up with you and I think you can gear them out from yeah. my understanding well. So that's... um. It, it's literally like bringing in the companion system from Elder Scrolls single-player games like Oblivion or uh, yeah. Morrowind or... Yeah, Lydia's going to carry your burdens, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's interesting. And so, of course, that opens up all sorts of different variations on gameplay and the way you can build out your character slash characters in order to have maybe a companion that tanks for you can so you can stay back further and do some range damage. All sorts of variations on that. Uh, plus, it opens up the potential for storylines that include your companion and maybe even romance in the future and those kinds of things like that could be part of what comes into the game. Um, what do you think about all that stuff? Kung Fu, like what are your thoughts about companions? What do you where do you think that might go and what what are you looking forward to? So uh, anyone who, who knows me knows like I'm a big fan of, of role playing within the single player test games. So the companions now add like this extra layer of appeal to the game for me because i don't like i love playing with my girlfriend but you know sometimes she's not available or sometimes she's at work and i like want to play eso but i also would rather play something else if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and i think this is gonna change the way that i play it because it's although it's an npc you know it's gonna add that layer of interactability if that makes sense yeah. And so I always love decking my companions out in Skyrim uh, with like the gear that I want them to wear, whether ah. that be like an uh, like a set of armor that I find to be totally bamf, <laughs> or <laughs> uh, or like a completely silly uh, outfit that just looks hilarious. Um, so the companions, I'm I'm pretty psyched for. I think it's going to result in me playing the game a lot more. Uh, similar to in in Dark Heart of Skyrim, the antiquity system. I love that. Mm-hmm. Like I love that addition. And I don't. This is gonna be a really obscure reference, but the antiquity system reminded me of uh, Can You Be a Dinosaur Finder? If you guys remember that, like really old school PC game. I don't know that. Can you be a dinosaur uh, finder? Yeah. No, I don't think I know this. Oh yeah. That was like that was like one of those educational games that you play, you know, when you're like <laughs> 10, 10, 12 years old, maybe. I had uh, I had a game called uh, Spellosaurus when I was a kid, and it was like dinosaurs that would teach you how to spell. <laughs> that was that was a thing. I think there were like four colors on my old IBM, like eighty eighty six <laughs> system. Um, well, cool, cool. Uh, Lotus, do you have any other thoughts on companions? Um, so I'm going to be like sort of the odd man out. I am very glad people are getting companions, but this is not something I'll probably ever use beyond just like unlocking them because I can't, I, at least I can't imagine I'm allowed to bring them into trials or anything that I could use to abuse the system. Yeah, that, that was my, me if I was allowed to do that, that was my, my question uh, was like, can you bring them into dungeons with you? How would that work? And if so, there's, and if everyone has the same companions, are you going to see multiple of the same companions all running around? How does, how does that work? Also, that would probably, I mean, 
trials as are already a bit of a struggle on the system. So you add 12 yeah. people and then 12 companions and rip the server because like as is, you generally it's proper etiquette to put away your non-combat pets and your bankers and everything when when you're in trials as is. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine active combat AI also being added to that equation. It would be I would assume a living nightmare, plus it would cause a lot of balance changes. Um, so, I mean, I'll definitely mess around with it, but since I'm not so much the, like, I, to be fair, I'll probably have one of them follow me around when I do questing, because it's like, sure. okay, whatever. Like, I'm a tank. I don't kill stuff super quick anyways, so I throw on some different gear to quest so it doesn't take me a month. Right. It's like, okay, right. well, then fine. We can have two of us, and it goes even quicker. Like, But, um, no, I'm... I'm even though it's not necessarily for me specifically, it's something that I'm well aware that people have really, really wanted. And it will add a lot for people who enjoy that aspect of the game. Because to be fair, I don't use them in the single player games either, unless it's like sacrifice somebody to get so-and-so to like do this. It's like, oh yeah, hold on. Let me just go hire somebody real quick. (laughs) So. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I like companions. I like having companions with with you. I I think that that's a a fun extra dimension to add to it. I'm also interested to see like if you have a really well built out character as it is, you can kind of solo public dungeons and stuff anyway, right? Will this make yeah, tearing sure. through that content even faster? Like, is this one of those things that yeah. like adds to the ability to level a second character because you can throw in a companion and you know now you're doing I don't know. Yep. It'll be great for alts too when you're getting yeah. started and you don't have all your stuff set up. If you just want to burn through, it's like, okay, cool. I'm super flaky. Fine. Then I want a tank. Like, I'm going to make you into right. a little tank and you're going to distract stuff while I poke at it or whatever. Right. Probably right. A good way to test out builds too. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you know, this isn't super durable, but how much can I produce with it? Well, you have that little dude take mm-hmm. care of everything and then boom, you're all set. So, yeah. Definitely you- a lot of practical uses. I'm glad it's there for people, even if it's, it's one of those things where just like overall with this is just a sentiment in general, just because something doesn't apply directly to you, you don't need to be upset. Other people enjoy it, which is something I noticed with a lot of this stuff where it's like, I don't immediately like this. This wasn't designed for me. I hate it. It's like, well, that's incredibly childish. So it's like, right. Maybe just let other people enjoy things because the game has a lot of avenues. So, yeah. 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 Just be (laughs) be happy that other people are happy. Okay. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, I wonder, exactly. though, if that means that they, you know, with companions, if they're going to increase the average difficulty of certain areas, um, because the game is relatively easy, even starting a brand new character from scratch. It's not the hardest thing to adventure yeah, around the world. Questing is supposed to be pretty chill. Yeah, and it really is with Overland. And you don't even need much coordination for the world events or public or like public dungeons or world right, bosses. Right. If people just blunder in as a group, that's usually enough. It's like, usually right. enough. Well, that makes me wonder though, like does that open up potential for zones that aren't necessarily world bosses, but are maybe labeled as more dangerous because they're more densely populated or the enemies in that area are a little bit like raised in difficulty compared to the average enemy you come across. So that could be um, that would be kind of delving back for any very old school players to kind of their idea that they did with Craglorn back in the day before 
one mm. rail hit. Yeah. It was or, known as an adventure zone and it was designed around you being in a group of four people or more. Um, more often than not four people. So a lot of like compared to the other stuff in the zones, it was much more ratcheted up in that area. That kind of fell off with one Tamriel because they knew like they evened all of zones difficulty out. Right, and right. there were a couple things in that zone, which I liked the difficulty in there. That was fine. I did have a bit of an issue with one of their forced mechanics to make it a group thing mm. where it wasn't, we figured out how to do it with two of us instead of four of us with minimal effort back before it was changed. But we got to this door puzzle and you needed four people to stand on these platforms. So I was like, that's, yeah, that's an incredibly cheap way of making this a four player content thing. And they've since like removed stuff like, yeah, that, I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know that I, I would want that, but it, I think it might yeah, be cool to have like, like the difficulty. Yeah. Like this area is dangerous. So you might want to bring a friend or make sure that you're giving your companion some good gear, you know, like, Sure. It would it like, uh, and I'm not, and I'm not saying like an enemy should be, you know, four hundred percent more difficult to kill or something, but you know, like yeah. raise raise the difficulty up a good thirty percent. You know, just like in in any of these other games where, you know, like there comes a point where you you fight a bear and you're like, oh, the bear's not hard anymore. Bears uh, used to right. scare me; they're not hard. But oh, that troll, that troll's going to be giving me problems. You know, like. There's that kind of thing. And I, I feel like this is just I mean, Elder Scrolls Online does a lot of good stuff. I feel like this is just one of those things where it's like you can kind of run up to any monster by itself. And as long as it's not a world boss and just kind of fight it and you're fine, it doesn't really yeah. require anything. So just a little bit of like, hey, you're going to be a little more careful here. Now, obviously, this is all speculation. So, I'm, you know, we'll cut this part uh, where we're at now because we don't know a whole lot about that. But. Um, or if that's even going to be a thing. It's just one of those things that I'm just kind of like, maybe this could be a thing with a companion because now you've got a, a very convenient way to make sure that your, uh, your survivability and your damage is increased compared to the level that you're at, if that makes sense, um, while you're leveling. So let's see. Let's talk about some of these other things that have popped up. Um, we know that we're going back to southern Cyrodiil to this Blackwood area, which includes the city of Leowin and some of that zone and then down into some of the uh, more murky Argonian areas. Are you guys interested in, in that? Is, I mean, you're saying uh, Kung Fu that this was giving you, I don't know, uh, what's the right word? Flashbacks or good feelings from the old content. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I think in relation to that, in relation to the flashbacks and the nostalgia, um, nostalgia, that was the word. I, I, I think I yeah. say that, uh, because of the Oblivion portal, uh, events. That, uh -huh. that yeah, we'll that was the, that was the next that question was I was going to ask. Awesome. Yeah. Oblivion portal. So does that like, how do you feel about yeah. that? Oh, psyched. Uh, I just started playing the elsewhere, uh, DLC. So, you know, I just fought my first dragon like the mm -hmm. other day and, uh, my girlfriend and I, like, after we did that, we looked at each other, we're like, that was dope. <laughs> that was so cool. <laughs> so I'm hoping that the sense of uh, reward, the total flood of dopamine is similar uh, after completing an Oblivion portal. Uh, I'm also, you know, the, uh, so I've never made an Argonian in a game before. I know that's like, yeah. that must be like complete blasphemy. To oh something. no, no. A lot of people, uh, I think so a lot of people don't make again. Argonians. I think that's probably fairly common. They're like a cult favorite. 
I, yeah. I don't know what it is. Like Lehman Tuttle, the lore master, loves Argonians. So. I love Argonians. I think Argonians are great. I don't know that I, they're I useful they're, for min-maxing things in ESO so much as some of the other races. They're but, real good healers. Um, yeah, well, I don't play healers, so that's why I don't. Yeah, but, um, I, I, I have an Argonian healer that I messed around with what was heals for profit or whatever, and I just always threatened to not heal people if they didn't pay me. Um, <laughs> it's in my yeah. name. I can't go against it. <laughs> and then um, my Skyrim character is actually the, the one that I have on ps4 is um what do you call it is an argonian just because i in the single player games i love their passive of being able to breathe underwater Mm -hmm. it's so great and it's pretty good on uh, eso because you get the benefit of being able to swim super fast which sounds weird until you deal with water and then you realize how great it is oh yeah oh yeah Uh, they also make pretty good tanks that's what i've been doing on pc Mm -hmm. yeah my main was an argonian and i turned it into a khajiit because I was like, I, oh, okay. that's why that's why I have a Khajiit named Arnie, because he was Arnie the Argonian. <laughs> oh, that makes a lot more sense in context. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wanted to go that I guess this is a few years ago when I was d- diving back in and all the uh, Dark Brotherhood stuff had come out and I, that character was a Nightblade already. And I was like, OK, uh, the sneak benefits of the Khajiit, like I have to go that route. So I, I paid to switch it over. Um, mm mm-hmm. But I like Argonians, especially the way they look. I mean, they've got a cool culture, you know, all of that stuff. They're, you know, obviously we know that they pushed back the uh, the, the Oblivion assault um, 800 years after the events of what's going on here in Elder Scrolls Online. So uh, I have a feeling they're going to have a strong response. But in this storyline, we've learned that there is a cult of Argonians that are pro Mehrunes Dagon. They're like Mehrunes Dagon worshippers. How do you guys feel about that? That is very out there, but I I like it. I I'm all for more Black Marsh personally. So like, I I thought uh, Merkmeyer was woefully underrated. Uh, <laughs> that that expansion was like way better than it got credit for. Mm-hmm. So more, I am all about more regions we haven't seen. Um, some people love the characters and stuff. I'm much more about the regions. So. This is not really someplace you've seen too much. They made reference to, oh shoot, I forget the name of the city, but the the last time you anybody had seen it, it was in Arena. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, what's the name of the city? I'd like to see it when it's a unique city instead of what it looked like in Arena. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but sure. Uh, yeah, just, uh, no, this is, this to me, I love this stuff. Uh, Daedric Incursion and New Area, perfect. Exactly what I want out of this. Yeah. So talking about portals and going back to the the Deadlands, Deadlands, Badlands, Deadlands, Deadlands. OK, my brain went just like, oh, wait a minute. Was that right? Um, yeah. Back to the Deadlands. Um, we saw some of the imagery from that. And of course, it's, you know, magma and red glowing red. And there's Daedric monsters running around. Uh, did you guys notice the giant Mayrunes Dagon walking around in the freaking world? Yes. Uh, I did, and I pray that it's not just cosmetic. Uh, Me too. That know, would be so awesome. It would be so cool <laughs> to yeah. be able to interact or have to steer clear. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Even if it's just cosmetic, but it's there while you're adventuring, they do have a precedent for that in one of the dungeons of uh, March of Sacrifices. Here, scene actually covers the moon and he's rising over the cliffs. Mm-hmm. So while you're doing the dungeon, if you ever look up at the moon, you can see here, scene looming over you, watching you because it's his trial to see if you'll survive. Oh, it's so good. I love it's so I good. love when the Daedra show up 
and aren't just like, um, you know, inhabiting a mortal and they look mortal size. Like when they mm-hmm. show up in their own forms and they're like towering over, even if they're just like twice the size of a regular character, it, it just gives you this sense of like, yeah, you guys, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we're not supposed to mess with you, are we? <laughs> also on a really uh, odd side note, there's a great glitch with that where um, for whatever reason, <laughs> since his model is there uh for some reason or another you can actually get it to the point where you can find him and it miniaturizes him and then you can take your picture with a little baby mini hair scene who's not <laughs> supposed to be there but he looks great he kind of looks like a stuffed animal because he's about the size of your shin <laughs> that's awesome a little baby guy <laughs> yeah oh man they should sell little plushies on the store that you can put in your uh your house if i could get a plushie hermaeus mara my life would be complete like what if they had little little plushies you could put in your house and like i can just like... toss it to my dog like yeah. Hermes Moore would make a perfect googly-eyed stuffed animal ball. Oh, so good. So good. You can make a little cute Daedric Princess for everybody, but then you can also put them in game, and you can put them in your game house, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have, like, a whole little bedroom scene where you have other little plushies on your bed. Million-dollar idea right there. Yep. Yep. If you're listening out there, I got got million-dollar ideas. Well, I stole the idea. I stole the idea from... Bethesda, because they have the little plushies in uh, Fallout seventy six. <laughs> yeah, Cadwell and stuff. They've got a little, yeah, they've got the little plush. There's like a, a pack of them that were on sale last week, or which have like these little guys. Um, there's a new one coming out where it's like a, a little super mutant with a big old hammer, but he's like he's like stuff little guy. He's he's pretty cute. Um, anyway, back to Elder Scrolls Online. Um, so my thoughts on the walking around Mayrun's Dagon is that he will be like an environmental hazard, and you could end up like underneath his feet. But I don't think you can, like, if you were to attack him, maybe he's like, and he goes to step on you, but then he keeps walking around. Like, uh, ants. You know, like, he doesn't really care that much. That's That would be my expectation, I guess. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm not an engineer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a developer, but I, I would imagine that it is incredibly difficult to program all the possible combat scenarios with a massive mayor. Yeah, I don't imagine that in that scene where he's just walking around, you can actually take him on and potentially beat him. I would guess that that's probably out of the equation, right? That would be a pretty interesting twist to trying to design the game, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't think that works very well for story reasons, you know? No, um, yeah well especially if i went in with like a raid team and we all just like nuke him because, yeah <laughs> because like there's so many of us i i feel like that would put a kink in the storyline a bit yeah I don't, I don't see that being a a thing i don't I'm know i agree with you on that one yeah so what other things have stood out from this release uh, obviously there's some more dungeons and trials there's uh have you guys seen some of the leaked images of some of the things coming in the crown crates this uh, they did a the um, ESO model viewer website. The the people who run that, uh, whenever there's a new patch, they data mine it and they show some of the leaks. I I have a video up on the Robots Radio YouTube where I, I go through all the the different images. And mm-hmm. man, every time they release a new pack full of stuff, the I don't know the designs just like they kick it up another notch. This stuff is amazing. There's stuff like um, there's a lot of Alien. Things like that you can put in your home, like a gate or a well, okay. those kinds of things. So you can make like an alien structure in your house. 
Um, but then there's also like glowing alien runes that you can put on your body. Like some of the skins have like alien textures and things. Uh, then there's a there's a weapon pack that's like alien weapons. The sword looks really, really cool. It's a it's like a variation on kind of an elven style, but it's a little bit more alien. OK, um, there are some new mounts. They've got the Welwa. They, they announced the Welwa as the new rideable mount type. And that's like the. Um, four-eyed daedric beast that looks like kind of like a a lizard bulldog i don't know <laughs> what's the best way to you guys know what i'm talking about yeah lizard these? bulldog's actually pretty on brand that it's it's a common enemy you'll find in that craglorn area that i had mentioned earlier mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty common like uh just random creature that's floating around or they put them in armor and uh they're controlled by a lot of the goblins in the area and stuff like that yeah they're they're like tough looking dudes like they they've got these broad chest with the big muscly legs mm-hmm. and they've got the kind of the short snout but they they're kind of scaly yep you actually get a free one if you pre-order the uh game before the ninth i believe it is mm-hmm. something like that perhaps but yeah i was gonna say they're already running around in game because it's given to you immediately so like yeah and there's some variations version of one yeah there's some variations on that in the in the pack mm-hmm. um what how do you feel about the the rideable mounts Kung Fu, uh, being that you're kind of new to the game, do you have like a preference of which type you like? So maybe this is a, a common um, sentiment among people who are new to the game, but like I'm all about mounts. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I think they're I awesome. I want there to be the greatest variety possible. I want like winged mounts that I can fly places, even though from a development point of view, I, I don't know think, like, yeah, I don't think they're ever going to do flying not mounts. Happen that seems ever. to be the, the messaging is like, yeah, we're, this isn't World of Warcraft. We're not going to do flying mounts. Yeah, pretty much. But um, it would be cool. But if I could get like, like an, like a giant adder as a mount, that'd be cool. <laughs> or, um, Man, what are the like Medusa snake ladies called? Like, <laughs> I can't even remember their names. Um, oh god, Mommy uh, is. Look, yes. you're not even that far off base. I learned in Elder Scrolls One Arena, they're not called Lamias; they're just called Medusas. So you're not even wrong. <laughs> there we go. There you go. There we go. I don't know that they um, would want you riding around on them, though. I can't so imagine yeah, that. If, if I could make like every creature in the Elder Scrolls a mount, I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, little wood elf. I'm gonna ride around on your shoulders. Let's go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, lots of lots of cool stuff coming in the in the crown crates. Uh, if you want to see more about that, check out the video on on our, our YouTube channel. Um, so <laughs> let's let's go into the storyline bit. Like, what did you guys think? Well, first of all, the video uh, the video reveal that we saw previously was awesome, right? But then they, they took it a step further, and they you know actually have like what happens with those characters and you have a scene where there's a what looks like imperial woman being dragged to this group of Mayroon's Dagon worshippers who are of course going to sacrifice her or something and then you have our uh elven hero lady uh what's her name i always forget her name sharp arrow yes i'm so bad with names but you're good with names Uh, (laughs) i usually am i don't know why for some reason i haven't just been useful on this show no you're great (laughs) like this is why we're a good pair because i i don't remember the names um so she she shows up with her argonian friend that we saw from the previous video and they of course attack and they help this woman get free and we see her face and it's a character we've never seen before and we come to learn that she is representative of the player character which is interesting because i don't have they done that before so it's weird because they always have like a touch of 
are you the nor like the nordic hero are right. you the eldmiri hero right you... and maybe those have been the stand-ins and this is a new character that's imperial that's a stand-in so i actually i was discussing this with uh bob chichinsky on uh twitter i actually thought she she made me think of speaking of names that i'm not going to remember ave avi ave evil i forget her exact name but mm-hmm. she was the um character from the dragon guard in southern elsewhere that you meet i actually thought it was her mm. it doesn't look exactly like her but it, it's definitely got vibes that could be her i again not sure it's her because they obviously don't just say it's her but i don't know that's when i start that's who i thought it was so whether yeah. that's true or not i'm not sure but that that was the impression i got right right yeah it, um yeah i don't i don't know i don't know enough again uh characters names and and things i'm, I'm yeah. not not my strong point um speaking of not my strong point there the daedric woman shows back up the um level level oh, lyrinth Lyrinth? Yeah. Evely is the elf. Lyrinth. Evely yeah. is the, yeah. yeah. Lyrinth is the one who sent out the letters and the coins for the yes, promo. That's right. Right. And she, she was on previous sections of the game. Um, uh, yeah. She talked about in, her in the past. Yep. She's been in uh, the Imperial City Prison Dungeon. She's been in Cold Harbor. You, you bump mm. into her quite a few times. Right. Right. And this, I mean, we were doing, I was doing a watch show. Uh, live streaming this with the community a lot of you guys jumped in watched this live and lotus was there as well and then there's a scene where she pulls her hood off and she's hidden among the worshipers right and like i had this moment of like whoa yeah that's yes yes (laughs) awesome daedric lady with badass looking red eyes she's one of the good guys on this one again or at least one of the ones who's helping you out whether her intentions are understood or not right right but she's doing (laughs) cool stuff she's kicking mayroon's dang on worshippers butts yes let's do it um so i was excited about that because i i love i love so a lot of people really love the dwemer and the mystery of that and i think that's great but we don't have any dwemer to interact with we just have the remains right and we, we have very little in new information about their story and what's going on but the dremora are actively in the world they're actively doing stuff they live in these realms of oblivion and they they reincarnate after death they're very interesting they have their own cultures and we don't know a whole lot about them because they seem alien to us so to have a character in this that represents that some more and gives us more insight into that kind of world i think is really really cool what do you think about that kung fu how do you feel about these uh dramora i'm glad that you brought that up um because i wanted to talk about the alien theme of the whole uh expansion set I guess you could call it, but mm-hmm. uh, kind of tying in what Lotus had said before about there being a new world space and him being excited about a new environment. Uh, I'm also really excited about that because uh, as people who have listened to episodes with me on them before know, I love Morrowind. And one of the reasons that I love it was because it was very alien. Uh, it wasn't just, you know, Western Europe. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, or Northern Europe. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about having, you know, a Dramora uh, who is, I don't want to say humanized, uh, but character, characterized. 
characterized. Yeah, yeah. characterized is a good way to put it. Yeah. It's like yeah. with the books. They're not humanized. They're actually super weird, but at the same time, they, they actually have characters other than like mindless husks you're attacking. Right. They're right. Not static right. enemies anymore. Yeah, they have personalities um, and, and individual agendas and feelings about things and reasons yes. for doing things. Yeah, characters. So I'm excited about that. As well as the the new, hopefully uh, heavily, you know, Argonian <laughs> era, uh, mm. even if it is, you know, in southern uh, Cyrodiil. Yeah, I think I think all of that stuff is very very cool. Um, let's see. Do you guys have any thoughts about how the storyline will progress? Obviously, we've been told a lot about you know, Mayrun's Dagon is the focus of the whole thing. Uh, Lehman Tuttle very specifically said that like. He is the focus. Everything happening this year is based around him and the threat that he poses to Nern, not just Tamriel, but Nern all, you know, all together. Um, so it's one of those like end of the world scenarios, but he's not as practiced in this as he is come TES4. This is kind of so, like his like trial effort, maybe. Well, one thing that is very cool about this is if you go back to one of our episodes, actually not that far back, where we discussed the Longhouse Emperors, mm -hmm. um, this is actually basically implying that they invoked Mayrun's Dagon to gain the power to seize control. And now, as a result, he probably doesn't care specifically who he has to get it back from but it's like okay you owe me there's a debt your residence of nern like yeah. so i'm here to collect the debt so very cool tie-in completely unintentional since we didn't know this was coming obviously right right but i'm gonna actually double down like a lunatic on the fact that on my other show that i'm part of tales of tamriel we went on a needlessly long convoluted daedric plot plan where <laughs> it's actually not Dagon that's going to be the focus. It's going to be Meridia, which has been hinted at for basically since Endgame that she's not all she seems. Mm. With the amount of times they said this is all about Dagon, I would love it if out of left field it was not all about Dagon because that's how they misdirect you. Because right. they're like, remember like, when we said it was all about Dagon? Oops. <laughs> yes. And without directly spoiling other chapters somerset was not all it was cracked up to be mm -hmm. and it was marketed very different than what actually happened in somerset um i i don't want to go overly spoilery on it i mean somerset is three years old at this point but sure. just a well a even the dark heart of skyrim like the actual sure. fundamental things going on underneath it all are more detailed right. and complex than we originally thought so like <laughs> The best way I could put it is the big bad of I, I won't like give it away, but the big bad of Somerset, we got a statue about um oh shoot, what's her name? From the spiral skine. Uh oh god, why it's, it's talking about good with names and I'm gonna whiff on this one. Um Mafala. Mafala, yeah. Um so we even got a statue about Mafala prepping for it, and there's a Mafala cult. She is not the big bad of that expansion in the end. It's uh -huh. a total misdirection. <laughs> so, I mean, she's involved oh, with, right, the, right. with the story. Right, right. But it was like, nothing would make me believe that the enemies that we ended up with in Somerset were what we got from the buildup to Somerset. So it's like, I would still love... I, 
they do such a great job with twists when they double down on them. So I'd really love them to do that for this. But even still, Mayor and Dagon's pretty cool enemies. So yeah, no, no huge issue if he actually is the threat. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a significant thing to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> like he's exactly. he's yeah, definitely exactly. a big bad. It's a little intimidating. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kung Fu. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, so I could be totally off, uh, and in fact, I usually am. Uh, <laughs> I, I think a, a pretty critical, like if we're trying to decipher how this might all end, then I think a critical concept, uh, which I don't want to get too far into because it's the Elder Scrolls, but a critical concept for the entire coming year of content, I think it is a full year, is mm-hmm. is time. like how much time is passing when you're in the deadlands? Like, so how, how long is Dagon around to be a threat? Because Mm -hmm. I had thought like that I had remembered correctly. So I Googled it really quickly just now. And I, as many of us know, Dagon is supposed to be like the Lord of, of revolutions, right. Mm -hmm. Of overthrowing rightful power. And since this happens in the second era, uh, a couple thoughts came to mind. One of which was, well, Tiber Septim, of course, when he unifies Tamriel, is that's the end of the the second era. Right. right. Technically, that would be a change of hands and power, right? What if oh, yeah. somehow they have looped in the end, the ending of when Dagon is is in this DLC? What if somehow his fall allows Tiber Septim to come about? It's a stretch. It's a really big stretch. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. Other thought that I had was, uh, and I looked it up, well, Dagoth Ur reawakens around the end of the Second Era, too. Uh, specifically, eight, 882 Second Era. And so he and his, his Ash buddies uh, <laughs> reawaken <laughs> right then. And of course, if you think about it, uh, if, if anyone here has played Morrowind, not the ESO DLC, but the, the standalone game, then hearing Ur talk about wanting to overthrow the, you know, like the, the poser tribunal and wanting to kick out the empire from Morrowind and then eventually take all of Tamriel from the empire mm-hmm. kind of sounds like something that Dagon might be a part of, or, or at least if Dagon heard about it, he might want to, you know, like get in on it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, there's a couple things that happen, you know, right around this end of the second era that I would just be so psyched to watch the end of this story set something up for that. Uh, if they could, if they could weave that into there, like weave the end of one story into the beginning of another that was written before <laughs> this, yeah. that yeah. would be really cool uh, in my perspective. Yeah. So that opens up some other ideas because this game is, what are we at? Six years old now? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 
25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Is that the official? Uh, yes, I six believe years it's six, six, yeah, years. six years old. Yeah. So... If uh, and this is kind of taking, I guess it's going into seven if you're on PC because there's a bit of a discrepancy. So it's six right. on consoles because it was two seven years, yeah, much. six to yeah. seven years old. And um, if we take the perspective of like outside the world of the game, but that, like video games in general, other MMOs have gone through things where they've had to re. Uh, I don't know, ignite the world. <laughs> so you have like cataclysm in World of Warcraft that basically took all the original zones and said, okay, now we're going to redo them. We're going to, you know, put a big rift through the continent. Everything's going to look a little bit different. Things kind of change, right? Um, are we coming to a time in Elder Scrolls Online where maybe somebody like Mayrunes Dagon could create enough of a reason to make the world different enough for things to be changed in maybe some of the original zones or Cyrodiil. We've mm. talked about this a little bit, but you would need some sort of world altering thing to happen for some of that to, to occur. There's also the speculation about Cyrodiil being like described in the past of being like forested. And then now it's not forested, oh, you know, like yeah, went from jungle to not jungle, jungle to not then... jungle. And, you know, maybe there's some connections to uh, the towers and being able to influence the world around the towers. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you could do this, but one of them could very well be somebody like Mayrunes Dagon actually getting a foothold in the world. And, that leading into like the next year of content and then revising some of the zones. Um, now I don't know that they need to do this yet because there's plenty of other space on the continent to have more expansion, you know, DLCs and extra years of content build out in places we haven't right. been yet. So of course that, but uh, it just makes me wonder, like, are we going to get to that place where all of a sudden they're like, okay, remember, remember Cyrodiil? It doesn't look like that anymore. Everything's on fire. You know, like, that would be ambitious. Maybe you know what? I'll I'll break the fourth wall and say we uh, achieved Chim on the show, and maybe it's relating to the fact that the game is getting new servers, so it's overhauling the world because they yeah. don't have new servers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, break, break the fourth wall. Right. Um, <laughs> there, there is that. Uh, I don't know. Just speculation, because somebody that big, you know, let let's say he actually succeeds. You know, like usually in these stories. 
the good guys tend to prevail. They stop the plot, right? They they stop the yeah. bad guys. Status quo is less frequently in Elder Scrolls than you'd think. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But in general, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. Yeah, we stop the bad guys in Somerset. We stop the bad right. guys in elsewhere. We stop the bad. You know, yeah, like, we've been very heroic in ESO so far. Things have really gone in our direction way more than it tends to in the rest of the series. <laughs> right, right. So at what point do we get our um, Empire Strikes Back moment? You know, like yeah. you know, like holy crap. We did the best we could on this uh, in the storyline, and the world is n- not better. <laughs> like things, yeah, exactly. things went like, whoa, what's going to happen next year? Because holy crap, we didn't win this one. You know, like mm-hmm. I think that it might be time. Like that, that would be really cool. Thoughts? I would be all for that. I I, I love misdirection in storytelling. Um, I don't really like knowing what's going to happen before it happens. Um. It, it, which is ironic because I don't really care about spoilers. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't look for them, but like if somebody spoils it, unless the twist is the only purpose of something, I'm right. like, oh, well, I wish. I, yeah, that's fine. I wish I didn't know that or something, but it doesn't like ruin an experience for me. But I love when something appears one way and then it's like, especially if they do a good job of like breadcrumbing what's happening, which they actually do in this game quite frequently. Um, they'll kind of breadcrumb what's coming and it's, it's totally obvious when you look back at it, but like going forward, you have no idea what happens. And then if you look back, it's like, oh my God, I missed all these signs. It was basically telling me exactly this thing. So mm-hmm. I, I would love something like that. That would be very cool. Yeah. What do you think, Kung Fu? I always love uh, sad stories. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they could pull a red wedding game of thrones type of thing uh i would i'd I'd be like no and then like inwards i'm like yes yes because now we have an even bigger thing that we have to defeat (laughs) yeah exactly yeah um and yeah i think you know like if they want to get into the nuances of of art imitating life then there needs to be some tragedy sometimes Mm -hmm. um yeah who knows though i mean you know, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're going to take their story cues from the fact that they're getting a new server. I don't know. <laughs> I, we, we could be way overthinking this. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure in some ways we are because, you know, like we're like, that's part of the fun of speculation is that you kind of go on yep. these limbs and you're like, oh, maybe this thing will happen. And then, of course, it's it's something else. You're never quite right. Um, right. Because you can't predict everything. Um, but it's it's kind of fun. You know, it's, it's kind of fun to throw that stuff out there and, you know, play into those those hopes and and i'm sure we're going to get something interesting like they're very good at creating interesting content and surprises and interesting characters and turns and twists and we're going to get all of that like it's, it's going to happen it's just you know like to what extent you know what's what's really going to come out from this you know or even things like what other characters are going to show up in the midst of this are we going to come across any other characters that we haven't seen in a while um we could you know or other daedra at play maybe Sure. They, and they, they do um, have a lot of recor- recurring characters uh, scattered throughout. So, you know, to that note, if uh, you haven't played the Orsinium story or Rothgar, which was before they were called Chapters Chapter, it was way back. Um, but it was the first PvE expansion, I believe, if you don't count Craglorn. Um, but 
that is where Evely Sharp Arrow is originally from. It's where you first first meet her. So if you want to know who we're talking about and understand her storyline, do that expansion specifically. And it'll fill you in on all of that good mm-hmm. stuff and why most people really, really like her. Right, right. Have you played through that part yet, Kung Fu? I have not. Uh, I'm very uh, nubile in the in the content that I've played through so far. I basically got to my current level with just grinding dungeons over and over and over again. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's worth playing through that uh, before this happens, and that way you can get a sense of who she is. Um, I didn't spend a whole lot of time paying a whole lot of attention to her. I think I was more focused on the orcs and this, but she's involved with it all, right? Like it would be interesting to go back and and refresh my memory on all of that and the quirks of her personality and those kinds of things before moving into this next section. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see anything else. Is there anything else in here that was revealed that you guys have any thoughts on or speculation about kind of, I'm scrolling through some of the things that we've seen. Um, So one thing that I will say um, in terms of people coming from single player Elder Scrolls games um, and not <clears throat> the long standing players of this, or if you're not really feeling the multiplayer aspect of this, um, they are revamping the champion point system, which is what we referenced earlier with CP. Mm-hmm. And its revamp seems like it's going to be much less about min maxing for end game content and much more friendly toward letting you play the game a little more how you want with some easy flexibility if you want to utilize it for end game stuff Mm -hmm. um which i think is not only good for people who like end game stuff like myself but also people who are coming from the single player elder scrolls game you basically just have all these directions it's like i want to get better fishing i'm going to put points into being able to fish faster i want to be it's it's so much more open it looks like it's it's currently on pts so don't know for sure but it looks like it's so much more open to growth of your character however you want to play other than i need to do this in order to complete this um so i think that's going to be a great great change for the for the game and so that system lotus if i can um yeah. are you saying that the that the game might be easing away from forcing people into builds yes um so what it is is i it would take me an entire show to try to explain just what i know of the system and i don't even fully understand it yet but it is going from a maximum of cp 810 currently hi puppy yeah. um to 3600 points it's a huge jump <laughs> it is an enormous jump buff. um and what it will allow you to do is you gain experience whatever and <laughs> whatever once you hit yeah whatever you <laughs> know once you hit power cap of level 50 then you're you used to go to get to gear cap of 160 and blah 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 and then it's like okay at 300 you've hit your flat bonuses and i'm okay this could go on so i'm not going to bore you with how the like mm. end game progression works. the new way of doing it is you will be able to spend points in these different constellations uh it's the red blue and green but it's like instead of calling the warrior and the thief there there it's now like a little more blatant where it's crafting tree warrior tree something else tree um athleticism tree or something like that 
And by spending just points on things you like in there, like you want to get better at fishing, once you've spent an allocated amount of points, you're allowed to put um, like a constellation into something to make you stronger and you can filter it in and out as you would like. So it's like swappable uh, slots for different kinds of abilities and things. Exactly. And that eases up so much on, I need, you know, 46 points in tumbling to get this. And I need this to get this bonus. It's much more free formed. So you can be geared for end game if you want, or that crap cannot matter because it's like, well, no, I just want to be a good fisherman and I can run around really fast and collect flowers better. Like, <laughs> and it, it, it all feeds into itself. And what you do with it seems much, much more friendly to building a character that you want to have built, which I think is great. Yeah, I, I like it. I like, uh, well, I like the, the CP capping higher. Um, I still haven't hit max CP on my main because I keep making other characters, although they... Uh, once they level up, they push it up too. But uh, once I get them up to like 50, I'm just kind of move on to another character again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's fun. And and I think that this is obviously from the way they presented it there, they've spent a lot of time really testing out ideas and figuring out how they want to implement this before putting it out. It seems like something they've been working on for a quite a while now. So I think that that's cool. I think um, anything you can do to make character builds more flexible and work to the benefit of the community is is obviously a good thing yeah i i would tend to agree and if if it is implemented in the way that we've predicted that it will you know ease off ease off from forcing people into certain builds i think that could result in a much larger player base just kind of hanging out on the game Mm-hmm. Uh, because maybe I'm alone when I say this, maybe I speak for a certain contingency of players, uh, when I say this, but for me, when I play ESO, it feels like I always need to be doing something. Whereas if I'm playing Skyrim or Oblivion or Morrowind, I can just kind of hang out. I can just like, you know, mess around and go do something just because, but it feels like may- maybe it's because, you know, I'm, I'm in the workforce now, whereas when I put much of my time into Skyrim and Oblivion, I was a student, right. so time was unlimited. Uh, <laughs> <I hear> that. <laughs> and, and now my time is not. Um, but you know, maybe that's it. Maybe it's also because with ESO, it's the competitiveness. It's the uh, atmosphere of if I'm not getting my character substantially better, what am I doing? <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I definitely have that feeling. And I also have the feeling of um, when I when I play my character, uh, like my main, I, I swapped my build uh, months ago. And I talked about this on the show previously and changed my gear, sw- you know, moved everything around. Then more of the stuff was changed and not super happy with the way the character build plays at this point. But if I want to jump back into my main character and do more questing again, I feel like I now have this hurdle of like, well, now I've got to swap out my build again, figure out what gear I need and like do all this stuff rather than just like, I don't know, just playing the game. I feel like sometimes that becomes a, a barrier. I don't know how this connects to the, the whole CP change, but I, well, I guess I, I do know how this connects like a, a change in that system where you could easily just swap out things into the the different slots 
doesn't mean that you have to go grind out new gear. You just swap out the things and all of a sudden you're able to go with a different kind of build on that character, in, at least in the, the CP section of it. Um, sure. So th- that is that is beneficial, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that my problem is is solvable. So, much, but they've done a lot to remedy it with the whole uh, having the whole uh, list of all the gear that you've collected things, so you could easily remake the gear that you've already had. All of that. Oh yeah, that's that side oh of it. my god, that system is amazing. Yeah. So that that does solve some of that as well. Um, you know, it's it's the game has these positives like you play through the content in a certain order and characters will remember you they'll know that where you've been from previous things um and then you build this basically you're building this like renown simply through the way that people know you from the previous expansions and things um so to go through say like the newest content with a new character and have not have them not recognize me doesn't feel right i'm like no my main is the one who's supposed to be the hero of everything (laughs) this is just my other guy um so, I don't know, just some of my own issues with that. It's really just my issue. It's not the game's fault. Um, yeah, I mean, I get, <laughs> I get the whole, you know, the whole hurdle, like, well, now I can play the game. And, in fact, it reminds me of the, the South Park episode, which <laughs> I don't know if you guys want <laughs> South now, Park. But, and you know. now we play the game. <laughs> Do they take the guy down after training? <laughs> oh, killing yeah. boars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, that was the last thing I was going to bring up was the whole CP changes. Uh, I can't think of anything else specifically. I feel like I'm forgetting something that they brought up because there was a lot of different things. Um, yeah, there, there was a lot in general. And I mean, like some of the more nuanced stuff, it's really not bringing up on lore. I, I'm trying to get anything that's kind of related to the lore and story of it because it's like, yeah, there's lots of products you can buy and stuff like that. It's like, well, all right, that doesn't really relate to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, I think this pretty much does it then. Um, any last thoughts on any uh, of the stuff coming out? Kung Fu, any any last thoughts for you? Yeah, um, you know, I will just tell the listeners and the viewers that I'm not a big uh, I'm not a big DLC guy. I don't normally spend money on post-release content, but for this one, I will. So perhaps that should hold some level of weight uh, for people, you know, and granted I could end up regretting this, <laughs> saying yeah, this and, 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 you know, however, however long. Um, but that's just where I stand at the moment. And uh, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to stick with my bet. <laughs> cool. Cool. Lotus. So I guess, you know what, for the sake of it, I will piggyback on uh, kangaroo here. If, You've been curious to try ESO. This is almost like a weird sales pitch from somebody who doesn't work there. But <laughs> yeah, we really don't work there. We game. don't get any. We don't get anything yeah, don't, from them. I don't, I don't uh, get anything other than they're very the nice to me whenever I talk to them. <laughs> I give them I lots of my money. That's what I yeah, do. Yeah, they're very helpful when I do charity drives. <laughs> that's that. But um, no, I, like for real though, I um, it if you like story. Uh, if you're, you know, you're worried about the MMO aspect, we had a long discussion in um, one of the discords I'm in over with Tales of Terminal, the Dungeon Crawler Network, where one of the things that this game started as was an MMO. 
Mm-hmm. This game, I would not say is good to classify as an MMO anymore. It is now a just massively multiplayer game. Yes, there's tons of people. Yes, it's an RPG, but it is not an MMO in the sense of people think MMOs. They're thinking Black Desert Online. They're thinking Final Fantasy. This game is very, very solo player friendly new player friendly uh better now because they keep improving the new player experience but it's with the companion system it feels more and more like skyrim with friends or oblivion with friends yeah than this weird abstract it feels like elder scrolls but with some mmo aspects to it and I am not an MMO player. I wasn't at the start. Uh, I actually, the more I hear about other MMOs, when people are like, oh, if you like ESO, did you ever look? And I will look at it. I'm like, that sounds awful. Uh, <laughs> no, I so, don't like that. I like this. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I like the mesh of it that's here. And you can get base game version and stuff like that for very, very cheap or on a free play event. Give it a try if you're an Elder Scrolls fan. You probably find something you like. And as long as you don't go, you don't need every expansion. You don't need ESO Plus. You don't need 9 million things. Get a simple base version of the game. Try it out. See if you like it. You can always get more. And you don't have to worry about being just outranked because, oh, all I own is the base game. The base game's like hundreds of hours long worth of quests. You, you don't need expansions mm-hmm. unless you want them. So... It definitely seems like with the new companion system and stuff like that, more focus toward if you like solo player experiences, you can play this like one. It's up to you whether to engage with more than that. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree. I never, ever felt pressured from this game once that I needed to buy something extra in order to Mm -hmm. perform in the game. Um, it was totally up to me and you know, they do a good job because <laughs> the extra yeah, content it, that they add, yeah, they make it worth it, but pretty cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. And, um, I don't know, just, uh, another thing to wrap this up with as we're kind of, I don't know, patting each other and ourselves on the back is just mm-hmm. the community at large. is just great. You know, like I see people jumping into our discord every day saying, Hey guys, I'm going to go do this thing. Anyone want to go do it with me? And it's, you know, we don't have the biggest guild in the world, but the people who are playing this game are doing so in a way where it's, you know, it's all for the benefit of everyone else in the game. It's the, the toxicity. I mean, I'm, there are, there's toxicity in every community, but there are lots of people who just want to go on quests with each other. They just want to grind through a dungeon. They just want to help them build something in their house or check out this new piece of content that came out together. You know, like it's. And it's so refreshing. It's so nice to have that without yeah without the, the overall sentiment of this game is very positive. Um, it, like you just said, there's always negativity. There's always issues. You're always going to find that, bad apples everywhere. But and on top of that, yeah. like that's the situation. They they announced that they had cleared 18 million players have created accounts for this game. There's no way, even if everybody's nice, 18 million people get along with each other. That's just not how life <laughs> right, works. Right. That's, so right. you're going to have people buttheads. Some people are just jerks. It's whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, the community to Elder Scrolls Online tends to be much more positive, where it is a very 
sometimes loud, but it is an extreme minority that are just douchebags. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Most yes, of the time and they hang out by the way shrine at Volkel Guard. I was going to say, so don't go there. In PvP. Look, yeah, most of them are in like PvP. Like if, if yes, you're going to find toxicity, they're in PvP or yeah. they're the kinds Correct. of people who have such a hard time. And this isn't, I'm not trying to make anybody upset. And if you think I'm talking about you, I'm probably not. There are people who are just inherently toxic because of their life situations and they're just never in a good mood. And those yeah. people have a hard time playing with other people, which means when they're looking to do a dungeon, they don't have people that they can go to and say, hey, you want to go do a dungeon with me? Because they've basically scared off anybody who would have been their friends, right? And so, of course, they decide, okay, well, I'm going to do the dungeon or I'm going to do the trial and I'm going to join a random group or whatever group will happen to let me in. And because they bring a toxic attitude in them, they sour the entire group and everything, you know, falls apart. And th there's lots of psychological reasons why human beings go through these things. And it's unfortunate. And I feel sorry for people like that. But that's that's what happens outside of those situations. Most of the populace that plays the game are just really nice, cool people like. And, and I'm glad I'm. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Tom, uh, because like I've noticed in this game as in others, but more so this game. If someone is a little, you know, jumpy or edgy in a dungeon, maybe just give them some deference. Maybe they're just having a really, really yeah. crappy day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe that's not them at all. Because if you're playing with a random person, frankly, you don't know them. And you don't know what they're like. So you got no baseline to judge them by. And you right. shouldn't be judging them anyway. Right. Uh, and sometimes so, people just have bad days. And sometimes people just have really bad lives. And it's <laughs> most most yeah, people. And, so, and this just goes back to psychology. Most people who end up in with like very who are carrying that much burden that they lash out on other people around them are actually themselves very wounded. And, you know, and, and if you can't deal with that in the moment, just leave the group, go find another group, you know, like. It's not hard, but if you can, maybe they just need a friend. Maybe they just need someone to be like, hey, man, no worries. We'll get through it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. And to, yeah, and to, to that last kind of like piggyback on that point is if you don't like the idea of joining random people at join Robots Radio Discord, yeah. join the Dungeon Crawler Net Discord. And There's like, <laughs> plenty of guilds out there who are super cool message, and would love exactly, to have you join message them. Message Tom message yeah. me i'm on the console side of things but i've also got my pc account now too well if you're if you're interested we got friendly guilds of people that play all sorts of different content on all sorts of different levels just let us know and i was gonna say we'll find we'll, we'll find you like-minded people that you can have fun with yep yep well i think that's a good place to end it um I'm sorry that some of our other patrons didn't get to make it for this discussion. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what they have to say about things. Plus, I thought I thought at least Bob Chickens would come and yell at us for, uh, you know, not giving Daggerfall Covenant enough of us. I was going to say, if Bob actually sees this, Ebonheart, baby. Ebonheart, <laughs> Enjoy baby. that. <laughs> Ebonheart still wins, Bob. You didn't show up yep. to, to uh, argue your point. So that's what you I get. Mm -hmm. Ebonheart for life, buddy. I tried, to, I tried to wear blue. I tried to represent. <laughs> Look, I'm sorry, Bob, but I can't, I can't solo this one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you have anything cool going on, Kung Fu? Anything you want to share or ways people can get hold of you? Uh, nothing too cool going on, but I did change my Xbox name to Kung Fu Kangaroo. So, nice. uh, if people, nice. if people want to add me on Xbox, it, because of the way the Xbox's new name system works, I couldn't make it any longer than 12 characters. Uh, I shed a few tears about that, but Aww. it's, it's KF Kangaroo, then space between. 
There you yeah, go. And kangaroo. So. Nice. Yep. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, if you want to play Xbox, add me. If not, if you play PC, I will be building my own gaming PC. Yes. Uh, as soon as soon as I can get a hold of an NVIDIA uh, GeForce 3060 Ti. As soon as I can do that. All right. All right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll cross my fingers for you. And if I see any on sale, I'll, I'll shoot you a note. Yes. Everyone else do. out there, please. all of the thousands of other people who are listening to the show, if you happen to see one of those posted on Discord, <laughs> we'll, we'll appreciate it. Um, awesome, dude. I love I love PC builds. I love just like ah, buying the finding the right components and looking at all the graphs and like, oh, this one's 2.7% faster than this one. But the <laughs> cost ratio, like I love all that stuff. And then actually building it together and, you know, booting it up for the first time, um, especially when it works the first time when you boot it and you're like, yes, it works. And then installing your games and then you're like, ah, I'm tired. I'm done. And then you come back the next day and you play games. Um, yeah. Lotus, do you have anything going on? Um, we'll be, man, if you want a less refined and organized show, we will be recording <laughs> Tales of Tamriel this uh, you Saturday want evening. Arguments of refrigerators. <laughs> they come oh, man, oh yeah. That also intense tangents of the halls of refrigeration. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, so we actually planned on doing a bonus episode until we saw the deluge of information that they threw at us um, on Tuesday. So we have preliminary notes. And for those of you like long form podcasts, Tales tends to, we always joke that the show is either a long or a short two hours, meaning it's basically two hours or four hours. <laughs> um, and we have copious pages of notes and lots of opinions so um prepare yourselves for a ride if you do listen to tales of tamriel we are already concerned about how long the episode length is going to be because there is there is a lot to discuss when we get into the nitty-gritty technical bits beyond just the story in to analyzing cp and everything like that yeah so we get the will... easy job here we just talk about like the lore the story bits and I'm just kind of like oh the adventures and the characters e that's one of the things I love about doing Lorecast with you. It's like refreshingly like we've got like an hour to work with. Right. Right. And it's yep. great to discuss all that. But it's it like is... history class in an hour. You're going to the other show is like doing math class for four hours. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say prepare yourselves for like calcul trig because it's two of the same things <laughs> we're, we're mixing stuff like so yeah, there'll be lots more discussion over there and that's probably all I'll be up to. Uh, at least for the time being, because otherwise I am just completely in mid-year mayhem for the moment, which mm -hmm. is the multiplayer event for anybody who is unaware. It started today and uh, goes till February 9th, I think. Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Can you get event tickets from that, Lotus? You certainly can. Mm -hmm. uh, you get two from doing uh, a quest in Cyrodiil or Battlegrounds, and you get another one from doing a repeatable quest in the Imperial City. Uh, you don't actually have to do PvP to do it. You can actually go to one of the towns and just do like an NPC quest and that will count for you. So you don't actually need to engage in PvP if you don't want to. Yeah. So fun stuff. It's a fun event. Um, all right. What am I doing? I'm, I'm still streaming during the days when I uh, am editing my podcasts and things. I've got that stuff going on. So come hang out with me during the days if you need a work buddy. I'm always happy to have you guys pop in and chat with you while I'm while I'm making content and doing that sort of thing. And um, 
immediately after this show, we're going to be going into the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. So please stick around for that. We have a patron episode this week for that as well. And I think that will officially be moving over to Thursdays uh, from Wednesdays. So uh, Thursday might nights night Thursday nights might be a double header uh, from this point on. So cool stuff. Um, again, guys, thank you for joining me. Uh, Kung Fu Panda is Kung Fu Panda. I called you Kung Fu Panda. What am I, <laughs> I doing? Did it last time. You did it this time. Oh, man. <laughs> Kung Fu Kangaroo. A panda and a kangaroo are not the same thing. Um, Switching mammals. <laughs> oh, don't forget, guys. Um, I announced it in the Discord earlier, and I'm absolutely 100% serious about this. If Dogecoin gets to $1, <laughs> I'm changing my name on every platform to Kung Fu Dojeru. <laughs> yes. 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 Can I just give you money to invest for me? <laughs> I feel like that might be illegal. Is that illegal? Oh. I'm not completely. Okay. You all might right. be on to something there. Uh, all right. Well, I, well, I'll have to find another loophole somewhere. All right. Uh, well, thank you for joining me, guys. Everybody, thank you for joining us. Uh, stay tuned for the Dungeons, Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, and we'll be back next week with another regular episode and checking out some other characters from Elder Scrolls Online who are super cool. So we'll see you next time. Thanks for being here. See ya. The skies are marked. That's the wrong sound. There we go. Crushed it. Thanks for listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Crushed it. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please reach out to us at elderscrollslorecast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ESO Lorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. You've been listening to the Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters, and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now.